Hello, and welcome back to the While We're Waiting, Hope After Child Loss podcast. I'm Jill Sullivan, your host and one of the co-founders of the While We're Waiting ministry. This is a podcast of stories, stories of devastating loss and grief and heartbreak and struggle, and stories of hope and healing and faith, and yes, even joy. Underlying every conversation is the hope we have in Jesus Christ, which makes it possible to not just survive the loss of a child, but to live well while we're waiting to see them again in heaven one day. You can learn more about our ministry and the free Bereaved Parent Retreats we host by visiting our website at www.whilewe'rewaiting.org. Welcome to episode number 117. Today's episode is a continuation of my conversation with Ron and Nan Deal. Ron is a director with Family Life, the author of more than a dozen resources, and a licensed marriage and family therapist. Nan is a teacher with over 25 years of experience in public and private schools, and she also volunteers in a recovery ministry. Ron and Nan travel and speak all over the country on marriage and the loss of a child, and I am grateful to have them join me again today. We had a great discussion about the marriage relationship after child loss in last week's episode, so if you didn't catch that one, you'll want to go back and listen. Today, we're going to extend that conversation to include issues faced by blended families and parenting surviving children. I believe you'll find our discussion both helpful and uplifting. You know, you mentioned single parents. Your role at Family Life is with blended families. Mm-hmm. Um, are there unique challenges for blended families that lose children, where one is a step parent? Um, how do you recommend that blended families work through those kind of issues? You know, I'll never forget the first conversation I had after Connor's passing. Mm-hmm. Conversation I had with a blended family couple where um, the biological parent had lost a child prior to the step-parent coming into the to the woman's life, right? Yeah. So the step-dad came in post-death of her, son, of her right. son. They really walked two totally different roads. Yeah. Her grieving depth was not something he understood. He was outside of that grief. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll never forget, because I, at that point, had the perspective of a dad thinking, oh, this would be so hard. Like, you try, you care, you listen, you you try to comfort, and yet you don't get it. And you just can't. It, and that's not a bad thing. It's just you're outside of it. She's yeah. inside it. Yeah. And so they talked about how they, too, had to be very intentional. Mm-hmm. Same thing we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. He had to try to find ways of connecting in her grief. She had to say, you know what, I, I, this is something I'm not going to expect you to understand, but let me just share it with you. As a, and you can just listen and support. And so even though they were in two very different places, they found a way to walk that road together. Uh, yeah, bumps, bruises, yeah, uh, some difficulties there. And at the same time, they were managing. Yeah. So, yeah, I think there's some natural gaps. And again, you just have to work hard at bridging them. Well, and yeah. I think for that person, they need to find their grieving community. They do. And it might be outside of the family. It might be outside of the family or outside of that marriage. You know, there is a lot they can do as a couple, but, you know, that's, I think, where While We're Waiting comes in, Mm -hmm. you know, the Zoom group Mm -hmm. or the in-person or the retreats or, Mm -hmm. you know, finding a grieving community where you can sit down with other people and talk about, I feel guilty when I go on vacation. Mm. Yeah. We all feel that. 
Having joy again, stepping into vacation, my child can't. You have this spouse who's ready to take you to Niagara Falls and you just can't find the joy in that. I think you need to find that voice, that community where you can laugh and cry at the same time and everyone knows you're not over it. (laughs) We all need that. We needed that as a couple, but I think we have had a lot of single and a lot of just parents that, you know, that was their either only child or they, you know, they're grieving alone and finding community has meant everything to them. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's so important. You've got to find a place where your voice can be heard and your feelings can be affirmed and you can be a grieving person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. We have had a lot of blended families attend our while we're waiting weekends and we love that when they mm-hmm. do come. And sometimes it's like you said, the, the step parent comes into the family after the loss of a child and their eyes are just opened up when they see the other people in the room and that they are grieving at the same depth as their spouse. And, and it's like for the first time they realize that their spouse is not the only one that, yeah. that is grieving that deeply. And it's just mm-hmm. so eye opening. We also have a lot of step parents that come that were a part of that child's life for maybe a year or two, maybe for nearly all of their life. And it's also a, a wonderful thing for them to come. Right. Right. And Absolutely. so we love having blended families at our while we're waiting mm-hmm. events. That's mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Uh, Another challenge that many bereaved parents face is parenting their surviving children. Mm -hmm. That can be so challenging. And I know there are some some parents that have lost their only child, um, and that is devastating as well. But when you are parenting surviving children and trying to maintain a healthy marriage, do you have any any advice uh, for that? Well, we're back to the story of our youngest son in our bedroom. Uh, We (laughs) did not agree on how to deal with that. Right. Well, and let me just throw this in there, too. When you've got that situation, now you're impacting that intimacy as well in marriage. You know, when you've got a kid sleeping in your bedroom. So it was all about our personal sexual relationship. It was also about just being able to retreat from life and have our Mm. bedroom as our sanctum, you know. Sure, yeah. And at the same Same time, time. minister to him, be sensitive Mm -hmm. to him. In the beginning, we were agreed he needed to be beside our bed. As it went on, we disagreed about Mm -hmm. how, like, I think at the end of the day, this is uh, not too unlike most parental disagreements. All right, you see it your way and I see it my way. We need to talk this through. And as Nan said, you got to have a humility about your posture, why you think that, what what that's all about. Mm-hmm. Be willing to unpack that. Uh, what's underneath this for me? Why mm-hmm. am I so determined that it needs to be this way or that way? So that we can hopefully find some unity. Because mm-hmm. the hard part, the hard reality is you still got to lead your children. Yeah. You still have to be a parent. Right. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, finding unity is really at the, at the center of whether you do that well or not. Mm-hmm. Um, this came up just in our last meeting, and there were some parents that were very stressed for their children. And there were a couple of us that have lost a sibling, uh, me included. And so we brought it up that sibling grief and parental grief are two different things Mm -hmm. we need to remember that and recognize that our children will not be 
grieving at the extent that we are. I lost my sister four years before Connor passed away. I watched my parents go through that. I had no idea what was going on with them until I lost Connor. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. And so I think we need to acknowledge that first and just know that they're probably going to need different things than us, you know, and there are times when our children needed counseling, our children just needed to go on and do prom and do normal things mm -hmm. and laugh and go with their friends and go on with life. Yeah. And those are also grace moments when you're like, you know, like our boys never wanted to go to the grave ever. Right. Well, we didn't, we didn't push that. That wasn't a mark of them loving their brother mm -hmm. like we did. Mm -hmm. We needed it more than they did. We always rally together as a family around his heaven day and toast with Mountain Dew. And that's something we all like to do. But, you know, we just extended some grace, but we also looked out for some things. And, you know, and also your children are probably going to be grieving developmentally. You know, we had a 10 year old grieving as a little boy that went into adolescence then went into adulthood mm -hmm. we had an adolescent at 14 in such angst anyway going right. into grief yeah shut himself into his room well would he have done that anyway at, <laughs> at this crazy time of his life i think there's a time to maybe have a trusted family member friend a pastor a youth pastor to yeah. maybe help navigate those things but you know, our youngest needed some EMDR therapy. He was young when he saw all the ho hospital things. Mm -hmm. Our oldest yeah. didn't need that, but later on he did. Mm -hmm. I will say, now that I have walked 14 years with them, milestone moments that they achieve that their brother has not mm -hmm. are real triggers for them. Yes. Uh -huh. And those are the things I think we need to wait for and embrace. And when they do want to talk about that sibling, great. If they yeah. don't, we don't need to freak out about it. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the other tips we like to suggest to parents is you show your kids how to grieve, no matter how old they are. If they're mm -hmm. adults, mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't matter. If they're young, you show them how to grieve by how you grieve. Mm -hmm. And so back to what we said earlier about talking out loud at the dinner table, in everybody's mm -hmm. presence about something you're struggling with. And you use words like, today I'm really wrestling with, I found myself really angry about, and then talk about that. Mm -hmm. Not 24 seven, but mm -hmm. periodically in such a way that gives permission to other people doing the same. Maybe mm -hmm. nobody follows, maybe nobody, I should say, nobody jumps in and says, yeah, me too, and starts talking for themselves. But your children are still seeing what it looks like to grieve, Mm -hmm. And they're seeing what faith in the midst of grief looks like. Mm, yes. And so you are giving them a map, if you will, for their own journey, whether you actually, you know, they bring you into that or, or not. Mm -hmm. And so it's so important that we go first as parents. Think about the opposite. The opposite is a parent who is strong for the kids and never really has a problem, ne never sheds a tear or shuts it down very fast. All of those create messages around how to do grief. Yeah. Well, I guess you're not supposed to do it in front of people. I guess you're not supposed to let the tears flow. Well, I guess this is not a safe place to actually talk about how angry you are with God over mm -hmm. what's happened. We don't. We just don't do that in this family. And then everybody isolates. Yeah. And now we're not grieving together. You're grieving in isolation, and there's confusion, 
and you're not connecting, you're disconnecting. Like it, right. it, you think about the impact of that. That's another aftershock yes, that is oh, brought sure. onto your family mm-hmm. that you don't need. Mm-hmm. And I think hovering, I mean, you can be mm-hmm. the one that avoids it, but you can also be the one that's hovering. Are you okay? Yes. I know you putting emotions where maybe emotions are not there. Mm-hmm. I don't think we need to hover either because mm-hmm. I think that causes a lot of anxiety too. But if they need something, let's step into that with them. Hmm. One more pro tip for teenagers. Don't ask a question. (laughs) You know, it goes along with the hovering. Okay, I can tell you really need to talk. I know you need to talk. Tell me how you're feeling. Now you're putting them on the spot. Now you're forcing them into the corner and you're saying, give me what I want. You know, teenagers in particular don't want to do that. So what you do is you talk for you. You talk out loud. You say, this is how I'm feeling and I'm really struggling with that, period. Then you don't add, and do you feel the same? You just don't ask the mm-hmm. question. Just leave it a period, let it hang. Sometimes there's a little silence. Just be assured, even if your child does not begin to talk themselves, they are absorbing what they're hearing from you, and it's processing. Mm-hmm. They might, on occasion, actually then add something because you didn't ask them to. <laughs> Isn't that yes. ironic? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so, little tricks like that can mm-hmm. can help to create those connections. Again, it's tedious and and awkward, and sometimes really difficult terrain to to manage. It doesn't go easy, but at least you're given something when you go first. Mm-hmm. I think that's such good advice because that is probably the most common thing we hear from parents is my kid won't talk to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I keep asking them how they're doing and they won't tell me. They won't talk to me. And so your advice of instead you be the one doing the talking saying this is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm struggling with and not demanding a response from them. Mm-hmm. I think is very valuable advice. Yeah, it's um, worth a try. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. One other thing that I just think is important um, and something that I've learned from other parents is that we need to sh- assure our surviving children of our love for them. And that, um, you know, if they had been the one who died, yeah. Yeah. that we would be just as sad that we would be just as devastated. And I think um, we assume that our kids know that, but you know, they don't always know that if we don't tell them. Exactly. Um, so I think that's important. I, I've I said think- those exact words to our other two boys. And it, you know, it dawned on me one day, you know, I think they know that, <laughs> but then there's this on and on and on conversation around Connor. Like, You know, grief means your whole world is centered around that loss, which means that's what you talk about day in and day out, Mm -hmm. which means that's all they hear. And it's understandable in the beginning, but after a while, maybe they begin to wonder, right? Was Connor super special in dad's heart and I'm not? Okay, let's get that one out of the way. Let's Mm -hmm. just put that to rest and Mm -hmm. say it out loud. If it were you, I would grieve the same intensity. Because yes. think about it. We build shrines to them. I did. Yeah. I had a five shelf thing. It was all about <laughs> Connor. And, and I remember one of our boys saying, really? And I'm like, hey, that thing would be loaded with your stuff if it was yes. you. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Yeah. I think we, our children become perfect in our eyes. Yes. We can, you know, Connor was a toot <laughs> and his brothers knew it. <laughs> Better, he pushed their buttons more than anybody. Sure. But. 
after he passed, there were a lot of days when it was all about Connor and yeah. Connor this and Connor mm -hmm. that. And, mm -hmm. you know, we, we can tend to do that as grieving parents. I will mm -hmm. own that. And so oh, sure. I think we need to own that, that we love them. We miss them so much, but it still would be you. And you are in front of me and I do want to see life go on for you. Mm -hmm. And I want to enjoy this. Yes. It I may want be to hard celebrate. right now, but mm -hmm. I really want to enjoy this. And I'm so glad you're making this milestone moment. Yes. I will say this. I have had to go back to my boys and apologize. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've had to apologize for two years of loss of life for, with me. They lost me for two years. At, yeah, at I, least <laughs> two I years. I have apologized mm -hmm. and said, I just was gone. I'm so sorry. Yeah. And I'll tell you, they both have extended me a tremendous amount of grace. Mom, mm -hmm. it was a really crappy time for all of us. It's okay. Mm -hmm. I've had to apologize for my behavior and my grief and making poor choices. And I have had to own that with them and ask for forgiveness. And again, my children have given me a tremendous amount of grace. It's been so beautiful. Yeah. But I think even if you mess up, you can turn around and go, you know what? Here I am. I'm so sorry. I was obsessed with the loss of your brother or sister. I love you too. It's just been so hard. Can yes. we work this out and walk yes. through it? I, I, mm -hmm. I think there's grace for that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for that, for just being transparent and, and sharing that. Um, because I do think that's so important to just be honest mm -hmm. with our kids mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm, and apologize when we need to. I've had to do some apologizing yes. myself yes. Uh, <laughs> to our daughter. So, um, yeah. And I think even those things that we assume they know and they probably do know that we love them just as much they love to hear it they yes. love to hear oh, us yeah. say it right so i think that's good i also like to do one thing that you know i i just like to say things and bring them out like when our son got married yes I know we were all thinking about Connor that day, but I just had to say it out loud and I do it. Nobody else needs to say it, but I do it. And I, I hope that they appreciate where it's coming from. But there are times when I'll say, Connor's so excited that you got married. Mm -hmm. He would have loved Liz. Mm -hmm. Braden graduated from college. Connor's so excited that you graduated from college. I think he'd be really proud of you. Yeah. Yeah. I like to do that because mm -hmm. I know that they are missing their brother. Yes. And I've seen it work itself out in them. And so, you know, don't don't shy away from 14 years later, mm -hmm. still bringing him into the family and mm. bringing your child into the family celebrations because yes. they're there. Yeah. I just want to capitalize on that. If we as believers believe that souls are eternal, mm -hmm. then Connor's not gone. Yeah. That's we just right. don't get to see him at the moment. We don't get to interact with him at the moment. Mm -hmm. And so he's alive. Someday we'll be reunited. Mm -hmm. Let's keep that presence alive mm -hmm. in our midst. Mm -hmm. Now that's not some mystical, weird, spiritual thing. I'm not saying, I'm just saying, let's remember that <laughs> dead is not permanent. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. And he's still a part of the family. Hannah's still yeah, a part of the family. Absolutely. She's not here with us, but she is still part of the family. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, right. always will be. Mm -hmm. so, always. Yeah. Thank you. 
couples often have a lot of grief energy. I know you talk mm. about that sometimes, and we don't know what to do with it. And you encourage couples to try to find their child's legacy. Talk about that a little bit. I heard Dan say once, I'm not done being a mom to Connor. Yeah, sure. And I went, oh my goodness, that's it. Yeah, I mean, she just put words on what I was feeling. I just didn't know how to put words on it. And um, we we had another friend kind of coin that term grief energy talking about uh, the parts of you that are undone. And it's weird, you know, grief drains all of our energy. And at the same time, in another way, it gives us energy for yeah. what is unfinished in us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So finding a legacy is sort of giving your child some voice in something that matters. And just finding that significant thing that sort of symbolizes who they were, what they cared about, mm -hmm. and carries it forward. And blesses other people. And blesses other people. That's especially the part that is so healing and, and, and part of our grief journey is if it's something that serves other people, it, number one, gets us outside of ourselves. And number two, mm -hmm. helps us see something happen in others mm -hmm. as a result of who our child was. Mm -hmm. That's not replacing our child. That's not pretending right. like they're not gone. That's none of that. It's acknowledging their loss, if anything, and saying, but the, a good part of them can continue on and we can just speak that. Mm -hmm. I have this theory, Jill, that finding a legacy needs to be as big as the loss for it to really be substantial for us. So I can do a couple of nice things, give five bucks away to the guy at the corner who's homeless. But if I really want to speak my child's voice, I got to find something that really represented him and really impacts people in a big way, not just small, because he is big to me. And that is a bit of a journey that we just, even now to your listeners, we're just encouraging them. If you don't know what that is, it's okay. You don't have to know today. It took us mm -hmm. years to figure out mm -hmm. what ours was mm -hmm. for Connor. But when you find it, you will know it <laughs> and it'll have the Lord's hand on it. And you chase that thing mm. because I don't know that I can even put words on how beautiful it is because to you, it represents your child and you know what that means. You know who they were, you know what it's giving and it feels good. Mm -hmm. I also think too, I'm going to beg to differ Sorry. It's okay. On a, on a, I'll give you grace. <laughs> on, on the podcast. I think you can do some things quietly. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we do have a very big voice for Connor now with our legacy with him. But we also do some quiet things mm -hmm. that I just find so beautiful. On his birthday, we just take some Legos to the children's hospital. Uh huh. We don't announce it. We don't. We just do. Uh-huh. On his birthday. There you go. Yeah. The year he graduated, I anonymously found a senior that couldn't take care of a cap and gown or pictures or mm -hmm. things for a senior year, and we took care of that. Mm -hmm. I would have been doing that anyway, so I just wanted yeah. to do it. Sure. I, I, you know, prepare your kid's favorite meal. I've heard this from our Zoom group. Prepare their favorite meal and then go give it to somebody. Yeah. Wow. Yes. That's beautiful. Hmm. Yes. I think there's been a lot of neat legacies that have come out of the pain of a loss where it mm -hmm. might have been maybe a shooting, a school shooting, or it could have mm -hmm. been a certain way your child died. And then you're an advocate for that not ever happening again. Right. 
awesome. Mm-hmm. I think it's the beauty out of the ashes that you're still standing in mm-hmm. that show the beauty. <laughs> and if you can bless other people when you're ready, do. I mean, it's like doing this podcast. Would I have been able to do this 14 years ago or even 13 or 12? No, but I can now. And I feel like this is a piece of Connor's legacy. Yes. His mom is still going on mm-hmm. and she's trying to bless other parents that are going through this hard, hard journey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a good word. Yeah. I, yeah. At our Zoom group, I encourage those parents that are in our Zoom group, in a few years, you might want to give back like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's maybe doesn't have anything to do in, you know, in the moment, but it, it does in a way. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I think some of those small acts of kindness or whatever you want to call it that you give to people or do for people can have huge ramifications that yes. you may not ever know. Right. Right. <laughs> um, while we're waiting exists because a total stranger brought a book to the hospice center where Hannah was spending her final days. We read that book. It was a book by Nancy Guthrie, got connected with her website, found out about the retreats she hosts for bereaved parents, went to that retreat, and now here I am, you know, 12 years later, sitting here talking to you guys on a podcast after hosting uh, two, mm. over 200 retreats ourselves. Wow. Um, that is a result of one person's obedience to bring a book to a stranger. So that was a very small act that led to a huge result. So we never know, you know, the things that we might do in our child's as part of our child's legacy. Um, if I may, let me let me read Second Corinthians one yes, three please. through four. It's a familiar passage, but let's just take it in in light of what we're talking about. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to this: the Father of mercies. Yes, He is. And the God of all comfort, yes, he is, who comforts us in all of our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort that we ourselves are comforted. If you're going through any sort of pain or loss, you are a candidate for carrying God's grace to the next person mm-hmm. who experiences yes. the same. Yes. That's how it flows. Yes. God has always worked through humankind made us Mm -hmm. in his image adam and eve you got a vocation here you go take charge manage this thing that i've created god's always worked through people and he continues to offer comfort through us Mm -hmm. we have periods of time where i can't comfort nobody because i'm just trying to get my head off the bed right but in god's grace the father of mercies the god of all comfort eventually the time comes Mm -hmm. when i can stand up Yes. And I do have an opportunity to pay it forward. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well said. Thank you for that. Ron, you shared a story with our group when I first met you several years ago now that was such an encouragement to me. And mm-hmm. we've shared it um, probably every retreat. It comes up at some point during that retreat because it's just such an encouraging story. Yeah. I think you know which story I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I do. Would you mind sharing that with us? So real briefly, um, back in 1998, Dan and I lived in uh, Jonesboro, Arkansas, and we had a school shooting. And when I say we, we just lived in the community. We were not 
directly impacted by that earthquake, if I could call it that. Mm, yeah. But we felt the ripples really fast. Mm. It was all over our community. People we knew were touched in very significant ways. And I found myself um, as a local family minister and therapist uh, working with some of the families who had lost children in that shooting and one teacher. Mm-hmm. And over time, got to know them. And this is all before Connor died. So I look back on those days and I often think, well, I would have done so much different had I known what I now know. Yeah, But, you know, I think I I gave a little bit of comfort, but it wasn't great. I I know that. I worked with one mom whose um, 11-year-old daughter was shot and killed Mm. by another kid for no reason whatsoever. Right. And walked with them for years. But after a couple of years, she walked in one day and sat down and said, Ron, I don't know how to explain this, but my world is gray. There's no color to my life. And there are moments (laughs) when you're in a helping position where you go, I am so inadequate. And that was one of those moments for me. I sat there thinking, I know what she's trying to say to me, and I also know I don't get it. But she put it so beautifully. It just never left me. And I reflected on that little comment many times and and shared it with others in a public way um, to just demonstrate the kind of things that happens to people when they go through tragedy. Now, fast forward a decade, and I find myself losing my son, Mm -hmm. and this mother (laughs) looks me up, and she reaches out, and she connects with me, and she starts grieving and helping me. It was so amazing how, I mean, here it is, the God of all comfort comforted her, and now she's comforting me. And she never knew how much that comment about my world being gray had impacted me. She never knew. I never really discussed that with her. And so it totally knocked me on my feet, off my feet, one day when she messaged me and said, out of the blue, she said, Ron, I know I told you once that my world was gray. And I just, it almost took my breath away. Mm -hmm. She said, I just want you to know that God brings the color back. Mm -hmm. Oh, my word. Mm -hmm. When we are in our darkest place, you just can't see the future. You can't see any hope. You don't see any reason to carry on. Every one of us as parents thinks about, I think I would rather be dead than just do this grief thing. That's so normal because Mm -hmm. it's so heavy. And I was in that place when she sent that message to me. Mm. I am am eternally grateful because she gave me a little bit of hope that the color could come back. Mm -hmm. And I think I can say 13 plus years later, the color is coming back. Mm Mm-hmm. And to those who are listening, you may not be able to see it. Your world may be gray. Yes, it is. And God brings the color back. That's such a powerful story. I think of it often uh, because there are, there are days, even now, at 13 years out, almost 14 like we are, where, where the color does feel like it's gone. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then it's just such a great reassurance to know that it does come back. And most days now are colorful. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I couldn't have imagined that early on. So I hope that you sharing that story gives somebody who's early in this journey, whose world is gray, just shades of black and white and gray, um, that the color will come back one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And if not in this life, mm. in the next. Yeah. Yeah, Randy Alcorn, you know, he's one of my favorite authors about heaven. And he talks about, you know, and that he just imagines that heaven has colors we haven't even dreamed of yet. Mm-hmm. And I love that thought. So, yeah. yes, if not here, the color will completely <laughs> right. come back there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You've mentioned a few times in our uh, talk today about a virtual group, our virtual while we're waiting support group. And you guys lead that. Mm-hmm. Talk to us a little bit about that, how people can get connected. If somebody mm-hmm. were a part of the virtual group, what should they expect? Um, just talk about that. We meet the first and third Mondays of the month that we can when we are not traveling. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you make those announcements for, for us and you post those on the mm-hmm. while we're waiting Facebook page. Yes, but I, I also email those out to our group. And we always ask people who join our group if they want me to email that to them to, you know, put that in the chat box. But we meet the first and third Mondays of the month, 7 p.m. Central Time. Mm-hmm. And we Zoom for about an hour and a half. You do not have to have your camera on. You do not have to talk. That's right. Um, we have people who are driving from home from work. We mm-hmm. have people who are in the middle of dinner. We have pets on there. It's fun. We have a fun <laughs> group. And um, you can come and go as you please. You don't have to let us know that you're coming. And we really feel like we're serving yeah. a population that can't find a group in their town. And I think yes. that's so important because... I think one of the blessings of learning through COVID is that we can do virtual well. Mm -hmm. And I think we really do do virtual well. Yeah. We, you know, 2D is not the same as 3D, uh, being Uh in the same room with one another, but we We do do. a lot. A really good job trying to hug you through the screen. We do. We do. um, What somebody would could expect is uh, Nan and I usually have a thought or a devotional or a scripture or Mm -hmm. something about grief that we're just reflecting on in light of our own story. And we share that and we just let people jump in and share what they connect with. They have questions or thoughts. The conversation always kind of ebbs and flows. It goes where it needs to go for the people who are with us that evening. Mm -hmm. Uh, I also want to say this. You know, if you were to come one time, you're not committing to come every time. We serve you by being available when you can be there, when it serves you. Mm -hmm. So we have people jump in, that come a few times. Maybe they don't for a while. Maybe then they jump back in. Other people are there every single time. It really, it's all about what's helpful to to you. And we also have topic night. You know, hey, let's do a topic board via the chat Mm -hmm. and let's talk about certain things. We also like to be timely with the calendar. The calendar can be our friend and it can be a foe during grief. We all know that. And so when it's coming about Mother's Day, we're going to talk about that. Yeah, that's right. We're going to talk about Mm -hmm. the holidays coming. We Mm -hmm. might talk about certain things that are happening within the calendar that might be a landmine. And you can in our grief. You as Nan said, you don't have to say a word. You don't even have to turn your camera on. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most people do, but that's entirely up to you. Make it work for you. And I think too, we always try to point people to each other. 
And sometimes if they will put their name in their uh, town there, we've had people connect mm -hmm. that yeah. way. They have yeah. similar journeys. So and, you may uh, not yeah. have a, a group in your town, but you may find another grieving support. A virtual friend. Yeah. yeah. Virtual yeah. friend. So it's yeah. been great. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm so glad you guys are doing that. Because like you said, there are people who can access that who can't come to a in an in-person group. And um, yeah, so that's been a great blessing. And it is just for parents who have lost children. You Correct. know, there are grief share groups and things like that, which are wonderful. Right. But they include all types of loss. And mm -hmm. all of our while we're waiting events are limited just to parents that have lost children. So um, I promise if you join in with this group, you will fit in and you will feel mm -hmm. at home and you'll be loved and welcomed. And uh, I just appreciate you guys for for leading that group. So I have one question that I love to ask at the end of every episode. And I know you guys have kind of a complicated relationship with music. Because <laughs> it's, it's kind of come up throughout our discussion tonight. Um, but I always like to ask, has music been an important part of your grief journey? And if so, what is on your playlist? <laughs> well, I just have a couple that come to mind. I mean, any at this season of my life, anything worshipful that just... Mm -hmm deepens my heart and affection for the Lord, I find helpful to my grief journey as well. There's been a couple of artists that have really connected with me early on. I, Chris Rice, um, mm -hmm. I want to say in the early years after Connor's death, mm -hmm. two songs that he's done, Breakfast Table, yep, where he's singing about what's it like there in yeah. heaven without me. Save me a seat because I'm yep. coming one of these days. Uh -huh. And I just love that song. I can only listen to it twice a year or so, but I love it. And then he had another one called Smell the Color Nine. Yep. And it's the too. most bizarre title. And that's because the point of the song is he's singing basically to Jesus saying, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't understand you. I understand this moment. I don't understand what's happening. Trying to make sense of my world right now is like trying to smell the color nine. Mm -hmm. And then he explains, of course, nine's not a color. Right. Even if it did, it didn't have a smell. Um, <laughs> right. That's the confusion of mm -hmm. some of the things we experience in this life. And even in the midst of that, Lord, I am holding on to you, mm -hmm. even with stuff I don't understand. I think that was Job's determination. I think that was his salvation at the end of the day. And mm -hmm. that has really helped me mm. say, I don't have to make sense of all this. I yeah. do just have to hold on to the Lord. Mm. So those were the two things that just sort of I latched on to and I would listen to over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Nan? <laughs> well, I let all of the hymns and the Christian music and the that just all of that out for about a decade. So I feel like I'm drinking from a fire hose right now because I, I can't get enough. Yeah. Um, but I'm loving right now. Hymns of heaven. I'm into some Phil Wickham right now. I yes, love I Ellie love. Holcomb though. She's ministered hands down to me. God has used her and hope Darst. I could go on and on, but he has a song right now that just every time I listen to it, I think of myself and I think of Connor. Hmm. It's always been you. Hmm. Hmm. You are the light that shines in every tunnel. There in the past, you'll be there tomorrow. All my life, your love was breaking through. I mean, God has been with our children. 
from the moment they were born to the moment they took that last breath. Mm -hmm. And he will be with us however we journey. He is our voice that calms the storm. He is the castle wall that surrounds us when we are just battling. He is our hope Mm -hmm. and our help. And if you think you are alone, you are not. Mm-hmm. Tether right. yourself to him. He, it's always been him. He's always been there for you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Mm-hmm. And it's always been you by Phil Wickham. It is a powerful song. I need to look that one up because I don't think I know that one. Oh, be prepared with a box of Kleenex. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the warning. It's, I will be. It's powerful. And you know, I'm really enjoying some Toby Mac right now. I think Mm -hmm. in his latest album, he's really working out his grief. Mm. He lost a child too. Yes, the loss of his son. I really think he is. And it's kind of a, it's beautiful how he's doing it. And Mm. I can really relate and I can hear Mm -hmm. and I, I, I respect that. Yeah, absolutely. Jill, can I turn the tables for just a second? Uh On behalf of everyone in the while we're waiting family can i just yes. say thank you to you and brad oh, for all that you do you. the way that you serve uh even just hosting this podcast mm-hmm. you, you you are pouring yourself out comforting those with the comfort you've been given over and over again and we thank you for that mm-hmm. well thank you so much we always say we are the ones who receive the biggest blessing from the while we're waiting ministry i cannot tell you how my life has been enriched by the parents we have met, by the stories of their amazing children that we've had the opportunity to hear. Even doing this podcast has been such a blessing to me personally. Um, Hey, we got to meet you guys (laughs) and hear Connor's story. So I am just grateful, just grateful. But thank you. Thank you. I want to turn the tables on the music question. I need Hmm. to know what you're listening to these days. You know, uh, Toby Mac always. <laughs> I have been a Toby Mac fan since back, you know, in the uh, DC Talk days, back when I they had it. their very first album. Yes. Um, just about anything. I, I have a very wide range of musical tastes, and especially in the Christian music. I just, everything from Andrew Peterson to... Mm. To Lecrae. I mean, I, I just, I just love it all. Um, I, I love that. <laughs> no, you heard it here first, everybody. Lecrae. I love that. Just a broad range, yes. But I will say, these days, I listen to podcasts almost all the time. Uh, mm. I don't spend a lot of time listening to music right now. I'm mostly listening to podcasts. I will say, since you guys have been here last, we just had a sound system put in here at the refuge where we can play music that that plays throughout the building, even out on the deck and all of that. And so that's one reason why I'm asking everybody what's on their playlist, because I want to compile a wonderful while we're waiting playlist that we can play during uh, during our retreats, during the breaks and free time and things like that. So uh, you all have helped me out with some good suggestions today. Hmm. Glad to help. <laughs> yeah, glad to help. Yeah. All right. Is there anything else you guys would like to share before we go? Um, Jesus wept. You know, those simple words that, you know, from the time I started going to church, everybody, you know, what's the shortest verse in the Bible? Well, you know what? It's the one of the most profound verses mm-hmm. in the Bible. Yeah. 
Yes. He joins us in our sadness and sorrow. It's so easy to feel like he was distant. That's what's going on with Mary and Martha in, in John 11 when Lazarus, mm-hmm. their brother, had died. And mm-hmm. they're, where were you, Lord? And do you not care? And yeah, all the things we've all said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there he is crying. Mm-hmm. And it's not for lack of perspective. He knows he's about to raise Lazarus. He knows what happens on the other side. He, he's not touched by any of that, but he cries when he sees us cry. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I don't understand everything about Connor's death, not even close. Mm. But my Lord hugs me mm. all the time, and I know that. And I got to lean into that and hold on. Amen. I think the last thing I'd like to say about your marriage is, is hold on to one another and extend a tremendous amount of grace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's that's wonderful advice. Uh, thank you for those closing thoughts. Uh, Jesus wept, like you said. I mean, we all know that verse. That's the one verse <laughs> that we all know. Mm-hmm. Um, but boy, does it become meaningful when we are the one who is weeping. And to know that Jesus weeps with us is a huge comfort. And Nan, what you said about just extending grace to one another in marriage That's what it's all about. I just can't think of anything else we can do that will be more beneficial to our marriages than extending grace to one another. I mean, that's what Jesus does for us. (laughs) So, all right. Thank you all so much for um, joining me today and for sharing so honestly and transparently with us. And I'll put some links to uh, Family Life in the show notes and uh, maybe a little bit of information about the virtual group so people can know how to get connected with that and uh, all right thank you so much thank you Jill thank you thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the while we're waiting hope after child loss podcast if this podcast has been a blessing to you please take just a moment to leave a rating or a review and please feel free to share it with someone you know who might be helped by it We're so grateful for all of you who come back and listen every week, and those of you who may be listening for the very first time. I hope God has used it to encourage you today and to help you live well while you're waiting.